Hi, Craig. Hello there. Hi, Craig. All right. So today we're going to talk whoa, whoa, about. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, Jeffrey. Jeffrey? <laughs> you mind saying that to his face? You can't just say that behind his <laughs> back. You can't be like, I don't like you, Craig, and you can't even read. Exactly. This is cyber oh, anonymity. Sorry. I'll change it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. He doesn't know you said that either. It's okay. <laughs> okay. So today we're going to talk about creationism and evolution in, I guess, our own mindset and how we reconcile that. So we're going to start with Caleb because he's at the top. And creationism, evolutionism. I mean, there's. I don't think in my reading of it, reading of Genesis, right? There is like nothing that says evolution is false. At least the evolution that we understand today. I mean, I guess maybe. And I, I never took the creation of the story literally anyway. So, like, I never really had an issue with the whole... Uh, like, I didn't have an issue at all. That was, that's just my personal take. Okay. Uh, what about you, Faith? Oh, no, your name. Oh. Um. Oh, my name. Okay. Oh, well. Um... Where I stand right now on creationism versus evolution is that I think, honestly, like, I haven't read up on, like, anything. Like, all I know is, like, people telling me things and what I personally think. But I'm somewhere in between, like, yes, God created the world, but, like, it's also through the evolution. It can be through the evolutionary process. And I don't know, like, to what extent he created the world using that evolutionary process that, like, we have studied and, and such. But that's what I believe. It's kind of like a vague, I, I don't have, like, a definitive point where this is how God used evolution to create the world. But I think he did, like, the evolution that we study in school. I think mm -hmm. that it can be used at, and that God created the world using that process to an extent that I don't know. Okay. Jeffrey? Um, I agree. I think that creationism and evolution can uh, coexist and I, I feel like they, they work together like um, everything that we've learned obviously is has proof and evidence behind it, and uh, I feel like basically what Faith said. So God used all of that to create this world, and I also don't take Genesis literally. Like it's been explained by our pastor that um, certain things could be. In different perspectives so for example like the seven days of creation um were obviously not seven days like literally like 24 hours each day but rather possibly from the perspective of god where time flows differently and it could have been seven days in the perspective of god so that's what i think nice nice that's moment Wait, you guys can hear Momo? Yes, he's purring. I can hear it. Oh, whoops. I can take him away. Okay. Don't you dare! <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, it's my turn. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not... I don't really... I'm not really well educated on this subject matter. Um, pretty much what Jeff said because that's all i heard mm -hmm. so yeah basically i don't take i i'm 
I'm not reading Genesis often or currently, but I, I don't think it should be taken literally. I, I believe there's other stories in the Bible that also shouldn't be taken literally. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Priscilla? Honestly, when I was uh, younger, I took it literally because I didn't know any better, and that's all I was taught at church. So, like, why would I question it as a child? And obviously, when I grew older, I learned more. And then I took that class last semester on archaeology, and it was, like, all about evolution. Not saying I'm going to share facts because I forgot most of it, but it was very interesting. Hmm. Veronica? Well, I'm also not very well educated in this area, but it's be also because I think of my upbringing. Like, our parents never really thought any anything of it. Like, they didn't really have an opinion. So, that's also that. And many Christians actually go against the evolutionism, but but one of my stance was like, even if evolution is true, it's still a God. It's still a part of God's work. So I never thought evolution was a bad thing, and that's that's and that's still my opinion. I guess I don't really have an opinion in this. John, I had once bought into the idea that earth was only like a few thousand years old at one point but now i'm convinced that the universe is as old as the scientists say yeah also evolution okay. is real regardless regardless of whether evolution theory theory is real or not creationism just doesn't hold up at all because like if you look at the geological time scale, just looking at, our, if we just dig the earth and we go deep as we can, the, 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 the dirt that you found deep is older than the time scale, the times uh, that the Christ, a lot of the mainstream evangelical Christians uh, propose, which is like 6,000 years or something. It's a lot older than that. And I, was it, was it Priscilla or Caitlin who said, um, that they don't buy into a lot of the stories in Genesis literally either. And I think that's, that's a good way to look at it because even the flood in the Noah story is hardly believable if you put it up in the, in the court of uh, science because if, you, if there was such a mass extinction, there should be a single layer of bedding in the earth where it shows a bunch of bones of all types of animals. But there is no single bedding like that in the entire world. So I don't think you can take a lot of the Genesis stories literally. Okay. I have. What if. Okay. I'm not saying I'm, uh, I believe in creationism. I already said I don't. But what if. Because um, when you create something. Um, you don't create something, say it's and say it's one years old, unless it's like a baby or some, you know, you know what I mean? Like if you were God and you made an entire universe, you don't, you don't necessarily have to make it uh, from a single cell or a single, mm -hmm. I don't know, <laughs> single atom or something. Uh, I don't really know how this goes, but you know, I, I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, you know, Big Bang and stuff didn't happen. I'm just saying, if like the the, the creationist, like Earth can be um, however much old, but it can be created with age. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, I don't know if I'm talking any sense right now. Can you elaborate? Excellent feedback. Oh, um, yeah, like, like. Uh, if God creates a rock, say, the rock 
that he creates out of thin air is going to already look like a rock that's say mm-hmm. 300 years old mm-hmm. or i don't know how long do rocks take to form <laughs> or a tree you know how you can count the rings in a tree mm-hmm. like if you if he creates a tree it's it's it, it's actually like it could be four minutes old but how it will appear is like 50 years old mm-hmm. i'm just it's just a point it's not I, i'm not Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've thought about it at that one point. Like, like there is, there is a level of me that God could be like, dig, uh, buried a bunch of dinosaur bones, just as fucketh was basically, and be like, hey, good luck. You, you think that these things existed, but in reality, they never did. I'm just screwing with you guys. Like, it could have. What's the purpose of that? I don't know. Maybe for just for the kicks. But it's just a prank. I mean, it could have happened. I'm just saying. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Does anyone have anything else to add in this center, uh, point of the conversation? But if we take that logic, how do we know the world didn't start last Thursday? Excellent point. Uh, the last Thursday theory. <laughs> if you guys don't know what that is, search that up. The last Thursday theory is, I mean, the last Thursday is a... It's a real thing. It's Last hilarious. It's a yeah, hilarious, that's... hilarious theory. I'm just saying it's a point, not an argument. Yep. It's, a... it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Um, so there's there's a lot of talk about how not to take Genesis literally, and that's great because I hope we carry that sort of enthusiasm throughout when we read the Old Testament because there's a lot of things in there that I don't think should be taken literally, but for some reason people do. And Christians are very picky about what they take literally. For example, they don't take the verse about stoning your children if they don't listen to you literally. Thank God for that part. Uh, I would have been stoned to death. So there are some poetic elements in Genesis, like the seven days one. It it's in my opinion, it could be poetic. It could be seven days, it could have been seven thousand years, it could have been seven hundred thousand years. Who knows how long it took God to create the earth and the rest of the universe. But when the writer, uh, well, presumably Moses, was writing it, I feel like he took a creative liberty in saying that it took seven days and nights. And on the last day, God had to rest because he was so tired. But what we know about God, he should be tireless and that shouldn't be happening. What, what's going on? But like, it's it's that number seven. The number seven is the perfect, is a really good number within the Old Testament and ancient Jewish traditions. So. They wanted it to be seven, just like the like the number twelve and three, in other aspects. So that's a that's a thing to keep in mind. The other thing that I want to mention is that uh, Genesis not being taken literally is that there are other creation stories around that area that are very similar to it, in that an all powerful being creates the sun and dar- uh, and the darkness. So a difference in night and day first, and then the waters like that that sort of a sequence of order is very common in other ancient mythologies in their creationism stories like ancient Egypt. That doesn't mean like, I'm not saying that ancient Egypt and, you know, the traditional Jewish story are like the same. It's just, they could have drawn from very similar inspirations within from each other in presenting this sort of solution. So the next question that I have is the church for the longest time have been very adamant in fighting against uh evolution and that's been the traditional stance that was that's what i was taught that's what my parents were taught but why do you think that is so important for the church why do you think it's so important for the church to fight that sort of uh progress science whatever you want to call it in their own religious setting um i'm going to start with john from the bottom and we're going to work our way up i I was i'm not ready uh Wait, could you repeat the question? The question is, uh, the church as an organized, I guess, religion and group have been fighting evolutionism in any way possible for the last hundreds of years, ever since the idea came out from Darwin himself. So why do you think the church is so adamantly against it when, in essence, how does, like, yeah, why do you think the church is so against it? 
what part of the Bible, what part of the scripture do you think the church feels that it threatens that it has to fight it? So, John, I'm going to start with you because I like picking on you. Ah. Uh, one of my. This isn't. I think part of the reason is that. Gosh. <laughs> okay. The ones who actually start believing in evolutions, evolution are people who are knowledgeable enough to understand it. And those who get left behind often stick to religion. Like, I, I don't know. I, was, I wasn't ready to say this. <laughs> That's part of my stance. Okay. Uh, Veronica? Who did we lose? Priscilla. Well, I think it's part, like, it's also because um, the church also needs to distinguish themselves. Like, they need distinguished teaching to their. I'm not sure, actually. It might be, it might not be, but like, they need to distinguish the teaching and. Hmm. I really thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's just my guess. Yeah, it's just a quick guess. Kathleen. Um, I think in my experience with it, uh, when someone brought it up, um, it was more like. Oh, you really believe in that? Uh, that we came from monkeys? Ahaha! Uh, what a joke! So I think the, I what I think the problem is is, um, we have we have such a high standard, as you know, uh, creatures created in the image of God, that we are, like the perfect beings, and that that we came from someone that as lowly as an ape it's just unfathomable but like why would why would god create us so ugly and so stupid and dirty you know mm -hmm. um jeffrey um i feel like a lot of the churches that are against evolution they're more set in their views mm -hmm. and they might have like i don't know elders or like pastors that are influencing what the people think and are just like spreading their views and perspectives but i th i feel like they they feel attacked maybe by by what evolution is saying because they feel like it's going against what the bible says but in fact they're just they're just taking it literally and and feeling like it's there's other people are saying it's wrong, but they're they're the ones that are just taking Genesis literally, I guess, and they feel attacked. So obviously they would be defensive and go against evolution. Mm -hmm. Faith. I think one of the reasons, at least, is that sometimes people are misinformed about what evolution actually is. Because, fun fact, I learned this in my class that I just took, we are actually not descended from chimpanzees. There's no direct link. We actually share, like, a common ancestor, but we don't evolve from them. So it's like, mm -hmm. but it's like a common, it's like a hoax, right? Everybody's, like, talking about it, and that's, like, because of those images of like apes like slowly turning to humans and stuff like that, I guess that's and also like Christians, obviously they uh we believe that we're created in God's image, so we like especially the Bible says that He created Adam and Eve and you know whatever all that, but then it's the church can find it hard to believe that we came from a small vertebrate in the sea. 
some mm-hmm. millions of years ago. Like, how can we come from that when we're made in God's image and that the Bible says that there's literally the first man and first woman called Adam and Eve? And what are we to believe mm-hmm. and what are we not to believe? So they try to stick close to the Bible, I guess. That's just mm-hmm. my take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Caleb. I think it also has to something to do with the fact that if you buy into the evolutionary theory, um, it would be an admission of God not being omnipotent. Because mm-hmm. if if in their mind, if they accept evolutionary theory, that would mean that God, when he first created the world and first created all the species, they weren't perfect. And what if God is can it's omnipotent and can create a perfect being, why would he create an incomplete being in the beginning mm-hmm. and make him evolve towards something better in the future? Like why couldn't he just poof it into a better, like a complete being in the beginning? Like if you bind the evolutionary theory, you're implicitly accepting that God didn't know how to create a better being in the beginning. Hmm. I never heard of that part of the argument. I think that's, I think that's probably what they're struggling with. Like another, like maybe something that they're also struggling with. Maybe not the main reason, but that's like something that they're struggling with. Well, if they believe that God works in mysterious ways, why can't they just accept that God had this in his plans all along? (laughs) Like he planned for them to evolve and become perfect beings through evolution. Mm Hmm. Yeah, that's. These are all really good points. Um, Caitlin, Faith, Caleb, Jeff, you guys all made fantastic points. Because that's what I was like, I guess, thinking too when I first had this sort of thought. Um, it's probably you know the thought that we can't come from monkeys; we're created in God's image. Or hey, this is undermining what I know, so therefore you guys are attacking me. I need to defend myself. So there's a lot of that going on. So I think this is a good topic to like reflect on what we think is true versus what actually might be true and try not to get too attached to it. Getting too attached to these sort of what we call truths or what we call our pillars of our faith or something, getting too attached to it could lead to our own demise in the sort of ways. Um, in the sort of, I guess, different route of questions, how did you, like, I know many people in this call right now are mostly, I guess, either neutral or have come to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, I think more evolution is more true than creationism. Like, how did that switch come about? Was that a sudden thing or was it like a gradual thing? Uh, did you ever have that sort of switch yet or is it just in the neutral territory where we don't care? And in fact, and this is, I think, a better question. Does it matter that we, like, does it matter if we were evolved from a different being? versus created like basically pooped out like does that really matter to you guys or should it matter to us i personally think it doesn't really matter at all because like how the world came about or how we came to be is not important to the grand uh grand scheme of things of how we should live our lives because it doesn't impact our how we live our lives or what we do at all I personally don't think it's very important. But uh, my switch came from, I don't know, I, re- I never really believed in either ones until I was asked it, I think, like like long time ago. And the first time I came into contact with evolutionary theory literally was monkeys to human. And I didn't buy it then because that was the only argument of evolutionary theory I saw. But then once I saw that there was more nuance to the whole theory, I totally bought into it. Faith? Um, for me, the... Sw- uh, I... Okay, as a child, maybe, I just, like, I didn't think much about it. I was like, oh, okay, God created the world in seven days. Like, that's a Bible story. It's true. But then, mm-hmm. like, obviously, when you get older you gain more knowledge of things and you get 
to like form your own opinions more. Um, there wasn't really a huge switch where it's just like, oh no, like like I yep. don't yeah. believe that like he created the world in seven days, but it was kind of like more gradual. Like, okay, I'm learning about this. At first, I was kind of like biased because I was Christian and I went to church every like Sunday or something. Like biased about it, like in school, where I was like, "Oh no, like these are just all theories or whatever." But then, as I kept getting older, I was like, "You know, like God could have used this evolutionary mm-hmm. process to create us." So I that's when I just started thinking about it, and it was like, you know, like what Caleb said before. Sometimes I think, like you know, like. He could have either, like, created the the world in seven days, or he could have either used the evolutionary process to create us. But mm-hmm. either way, I still believe that he is God, and I think that's what matters. So, I don't think it matters a lot to how the world came to be, but I still feel like there is some meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeffrey? Um, I think it is important to know how the world came to be because what if uh, what if the truth is like there's like a defining like point or evidence that that goes strictly against the Bible or something like that would just destroy our whole like like the bible i guess like mm-hmm. we use the bible to live our lives like that would just destroy everything we ever believed in so i feel like there is importance to that but otherwise if if there isn't that defining point or or evidence then i guess it doesn't matter as much okay uh it's caitlin Um, when I first learned, when I was first introduced to the theory of evolution, I remember thinking, you know, it's just another subject. I don't really think any of it, it's anything of it. It's kind of interesting, mm-hmm. also kind of boring at the same time. So mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with it until I told someone uh, mm-hmm. who asked me what I was doing at school. Uh, oh, we're learning about evolution. Yep. And then they start laughing about it and all of that. And, you know, um, so I didn't even know there was a problem because at that point, someone had already put in my head the the thought that Genesis could be metaphorical. And, right. And so I didn't have a problem with thinking, you know, Adam and Eve could be different. Adam and Eve maybe didn't even exist. Um, yeah, it, it's not until I was out, the prejudice was shoved down my throat that that I really had a problem with it. I think, and so yeah, I think there's definitely truth to it, and yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Veronica. Um, I think the turning point for me was that I never really truly understood why it was so important for us to identify if, if evolutionism was true or not. I think that also was my biggest question growing up. Like as a teenager, I think, but I never really had any thoughts as a ca- child. Of course, I'm just like, oh yeah, God made the world when he was in seven days, and he's he's a great, almighty, and powerful. And I still believe that too. But mm-hmm. I think like the biggest turning point, which is kind of very um a funny story, because you know how uh some of us don't have wisdom to. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just like, I was eating one day and I was like, I mean, we change every day. Our meals change and our like our living 
changes every few hundred years. Our lifestyle changes. And I'm like, if we don't change our, let's say modify our bodies in some way, uh, we evolve in some way, how can we survive? You know, it might, it might, it might just be God's um, work of trying to give us a better living. I think that that kind of reminded me, like it might be just that, but I was, it was also when I was eating. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's, I think that's like, a, I just kind of brushed it off lightly at that point. I was just like, it might be something like that. But at this point, how can I know? I'm just a human living a life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you, John. Uh, on a personal level, I don't think it should matter. Though I take it way too seriously. <laughs> I think on a on a level of a on a societal level, on a community level, I think it matters somewhat because refusing to even act, acknowledge evolution as Christians could drive off potential converters. Due to the sheer what, pride and ignorance. I think, uh, speaking from my perspective, I was always interested in the subject because I'm a bit of a history nerd. So, like, knowing, learning what we know, I mean, knowing what we know about ancient history. And how old humans are, especially in in the perspective of, you know, excuse me, in ancient civilizations, it was hard for me to coincide or reconcile with that with the 6,000 year history that's being taught in, I guess, the Old Testament. So I think for the longest time, I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. But later on, I just decided to say, uh, I, I just re- reread the Old Testament and felt like a lot of these things were metaphorical, poetic, um, and there was an agenda, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, when the Old Testament was written. And knowing what that, or assuming to know what that agenda is, then everything makes a lot more sense, I think. So there was that aspect. And I think uh, the biggest conflict for me was the two atoms. Adam is created, or rather... God creates man twice in the Old Testament. For once in Genesis chapter 2, and once in Genesis chapter 3, I think. One of them is named Adam, the other one is not named. So there's a lot of theological reasons, or I think some in some translations they're both named Adam. But there's a lot of the- theological uh, evidence and theories on why there's two separate creations. But there's the literal thing in that God created man twice. You know, there was this first creation of man, and for whatever reason, there's a gap, and it failed. That's the first theory. Like, it failed between the first Adam that it created and the second Adam. And the second Adam is, you know, the Adam and Eve that we know about. So, the first Adam failed for some reason. He had to create a second one in the Garden of Eden. And then, Adam and Eve have a child, right? Cain and Abel. And when Cain kills his younger brother... He has he's, he's banished from his parents, and he has to serve other humans. The interesting part of all of this is that there are other humans. There is a civilization. There's already a group of people that exists, and it's said that Cain brings about incredible progress to these people. So the personal theory that I have, and I don't know if this is how true this could be, is that there was... A first creation or a first Adam. And then God created Adam and Eve as a separate project. So imagine if you're programming something and you branch it out. So Adam and Eve is a branch. And that branch gets banished from the Garden of Eden. And then Cain goes to the first, I guess, original creation and starts intermingling with them, but brings brings them progress. Now, I think in the Old Testament, it only talks about, like, the civilization progress of, like, you know, building bigger walls, um, advancement of science and technology, sort of that, that sort of stuff. That's what Cain and his, I guess, gener- his children brought. But uh, you can see it this way. 
what if the existing civilization was a group of okay and this is like a, a further evolved form of chimpanzees or apes they just came out of trees they just discovered fire and then adam and eve are like the big i guess boom in terms of human civilization going forward in that god created adam and eve as a way for the rest of human civilization to start rapidly advancing because if we look at archaeological evidence Humans didn't advance like they found fire 100 years and in one year and 100 years later they developed the wheel 100. It wasn't that sort of like grad uh, linear progress. There was an explosion in terms of civil how civilization grew about. So what if Adam and Eve was that explosion, the nucleus that was given to us through God on this earth as a way for civilization to progress exponentially? That's the sort of like middle ground I'm at right now because we there is, I mean we I I still believe that evolution is like mostly true right now and the only reason it's still a theory is because we can't observe it so if we take that into context yes a part of us are still evolved from whatever our common ancestors were from gorillas apes or chimpanzees but at the same time adam and eve could have been created just introduced at a later period in our evolution timeline as a way to exponentially grow civilization that's the sort of place i'm at right now what do you guys think about that sort of theory am i too crazy or I want some feedback here, and I'm not going to go in order. So anybody who wants to talk and talk. Who's? Okay, wait. So you're saying there's a there's a failed project. Where is it again? Like in the Bible, I meant. Uh, so here, let me just grab my Bible once again. Now I only say it's a failed project. Because it's mentioned once and it's not mentioned again. Or at least that's what I remember. Let me just find it. In, in chapter 2, Adam is created. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That is, yeah, that is true. And I think in chap- the end of chapter 1, he also created it. Yes, there it is. He created uh, Chapter 1, verse 26. To 28. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature, so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. So one of the things that happens in Genesis chapter 1 is that he creates male and female. It's specifically mentioned that he creates two, two sexes. In Genesis chapter 2, it said he created Adam, and when Adam was sleeping, he took out or he stole a rib from Adam and then created Eve. Um, one the simplest explanation is that Genesis 1 is a truncated version of Genesis 2. But what if Genesis 1 is one's creation and Genesis 2 is a different creation? Is the theory that I have. And the latter theory makes more sense because when Cain was um exiled from Eden. Uh, when no, when they were uh, when they were when Cain was like kicked out of from the family, there were other humans outside of, um, the family of the Adam and Eve family. God specifically mentions that he's gonna have, he's gonna bear a sign on his forehead that when other people see, it's gonna show that he's a murderer. But God will protect him. Otherwise, yeah, but God will protect him. But so it clearly shows that there are other humans besides Adam and Eve and the, that, that group of family. The reason that I like this theory is, or not like, but like the reason that I, I think attach myself to this theory is that one, I don't know who, which pastor it was, but there was a pastor who said, if you read Genesis 1 and you don't, and you take it literally, you could take it literally as that there was creation and destruction, creation and destruction seven times. And I forgot how he came to this process, but he said that seven days doesn't mean it took God seven days to create the earth and the universe. It could be that there were seven different iterations of creations that just didn't work out at some point. And he really, he tied this to archaeological evidence, saying that the earth has gone through a few different sort of destructions. We've gone through a meteorite uh, catastrophe. There was a super volcano. We know there could have been a massive flood. We j- there's just a lot of evidence to suggest that the Earth went through mass extinction several times. So if we take that into account, the pastor is saying that the seven days thing could be just looked at as a way of saying God created seven times or seven different 
things or races of humans, I guess, and they all got extinct each time. So I, I that's where I think I got the idea that, hey, maybe this human that's created in Genesis 1 is a different human than Genesis 2, and this, they're just in two branching paths of human progress. And Adam and Eve just happen to be the more, quote-unquote, advanced one. Does that make sense? Yeah. That kind of yeah. makes God look like he's not all-powerful, though. And he can't control... Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Would people, like, take it the wrong way? Omnipotence is always a hard... hard uh, like feet of God to come to terms with because there are just way too many things that don't make sense in our minds to say he's omnipotent and all-powerful. Uh, did anyone else have anything to add? I saw John and Jeffrey wanted to speak up or something. Uh, yeah. I don't think God is by logical definition, omnipotent. I think there are some ways to say he is quote-unquote omnipotent because he's so much more powerful than us. That's not true omnipotence, though. Yeah, but yeah. They could call it omnipotence even if it's not. I don't know. It just doesn't really add up. I don't... I, I think there is a... There is a realm where God is still omnipotent in this scenario. And the only reason I say that is because God respects humans' free will. For whatever reason, he, like the Adam and Eve story, he knew that Adam and Eve would have taken from the fruit. Like logically speaking, if he's all-knowing and all-powerful, he would have known that Eve and Adam and Eve would have you know, listened to the snake and taken that fruit. And he but, knew he would have known that there was a snake in the, in the garden in the first place. Exactly. So he respects the free will of other beings, of other individuals. But that brings so, into the but that brings into question: Is it really free will then? What do you mean? Like in the beginning, when God created us, right? He knew we were going to make those decisions. That means we weren't actually making those decisions. Because he created us, in, he, he created us in such a way that we were gonna make those decisions anyway. Like I don't know if you get it. Like, um, I think like, I know what I, you mean. Like he we're, created those decisions, basically. Yes, mm -hmm. he basically created those decisions when we created us. Anybody else have thoughts on that? This is like confusing. Ignorance is, is bliss. <laughs> this is more like Calvinist predestination. I think this whole discussion just suggests that God is God is fallible, and maybe we shouldn't listen to him that much. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, we found our way out, boys. <laughs> or we found the hair. Caitlin, she's our new leader. She will defend this against all theological inquiries from now on. Join me, the spooky cult. Hey, we're a cult. Where's the Kool-Aid? Um, I'll I'll get some white claws later. I don't know. There, I I do agree that within our context, within our own mind, within our own paradigm, it's really hard to see how God can be omnipotent, all-powerful, and all-knowing. It just doesn't make any sense to us. So we, I guess we, yeah, yeah, we tend to think he could be, he could be fallible or the fact that he's not, he is not all knowing, but he's still all powerful because if there were seven different extinctions, that means seven different things didn't go his way. So he's just like, he pressed the delete button and he could do it again. Well, that makes it Does that get for sure. <laughs> This isn't serious, but I'd like to imagine that God programmed the universe in seven days, crunch time, and then loaded it up. But all these bugs. 
And then it, he just ignored it. He just let everything happen. <laughs> no, that's 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 what programmers do every time. After, after exactly. launch, they just ignore it and hope it goes away. They let it run. <laughs> Boom, silence. I think there's a bug. They ate the apple. <laughs> he looked at all those failed times, and it was so bad that he looked at us now and said, you know what? This will have to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <sighs> oh, man, that hurts. <laughs> he settled for us, guys. <laughs> we are the chosen ones. He could In a way, out the buggiest part of humanity with mass genocide. It's like when you have three children... And the first two suck, so they all suck. The third one just sucks less. So you put all of your hopes and dreams into that one. <laughs> I mean, as crude as the argument is, like a lot of the arguments that people make from like atheists make is like, well, if God is so all powerful and all good and all knowing, why does cancer exist? Why does well, like. Why why do dead? Why do we? Why do we have babies that die? Like, I, like, how else will you kill an apex predator? Mm. <laughs> Volcanoes. Mm. That's a way to die. Oxygen poisoning. That's not a way to die. That's a way to die painfully. Um, one thing that I that just came up to my mind, like listening to that part. I guess we're now talking more about God's omnipotence and powerful <laughs> ability. Is that he evolution is a really complicated process. Just because we say it's evolution doesn't make the thing less complicated or less holy. I think, and this is my this is how I, I thought of it too. Is that if you really study evolution, which I had the displeasure of doing at one point because of grade twelve biology and college biology, but anyways. It's really complicated, but it's also really beautiful. The way things happen, the way that these circumstances need to line up perfectly over thousands and thousands of years in order for something to happen, you know, result in humans. If you really think about that process, it's like 0.0001% for us to come this far when we were, you know, our ancestors might have originally been in trees. And I think that's far more powerful in terms of God's ability to affect things than he pooped out children. Does that make sense? Because the statistical possibility of um, something that's living in trees coming down and creating massive civilizations and becoming literally the apex predator, that's unheard of anywhere. Isn't that more of a powerful story in showing how God can lead certain beings chosen beings i guess into becoming something bigger thoughts i think Agreed. that makes sense like um i actually like the idea that uh the earth is billions of years old because um i don't know if you go through all of Oh, sorry. I got distracted. Um, the the extent of my knowledge is high school. It's gonna say mm -hmm. put this out right now, uh, if you can figure it out. Um, so w when they teach you stuff, or when you watch videos on I don't know Nat Geo, and they're they're sh they're showing you the process of evolution or what they know at this, to this point, the or they're showing you even uh, other galaxies and stuff. They you see the process it's like here's a, a little star oh now look it's an entire galaxy with ecosystems and all that and look this look at this fish now it's a whale or something now it's on land it's got hair and legs like it, it mm. just and it this happens over an amount a span of time that i could never even imagine or i can i can't even like remember in my head because it's so big uh like i don't know it just makes me feel so small and finite and that's what i kind of like to feel because mm -hmm. then um it lets me put less weight into what i my life and my decisions and um it, and i think it makes god 
feel even more grand. Yeah. And make, it's like one of the things that I still look up to him about. Yeah, for sure. Everyone's for a minute, so for a minute there, when I when Caitlin said I like the idea of the Earth, I thought she was gonna say I like the idea of being Earth being flat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's talk about that. Oh my goodness. Are flat earthers just a different religion in and of itself? Like, I think they're classified as a cult now. I think it's a mental health issue. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> like a learning. I love that. I I stand, Caitlin. <laughs> I stand. Thank you. <laughs> what a, what about like the Big Bang theory? Maybe that's a, too big of a topic. Like, what about it? Do you, like, like, do you want to elaborate? I want to say that I think that God could have used the evolutionary process to, like, you know, create things. But to the point where, like, we came from some atoms smashing into each other. Like, I'm going to straight up and say, be honest and say that I have not read up on the Big Bang Theory all I basically know is, like, high school-level Big Bang Theory. So, like, I actually, I'm not an expert at this. But to me, just by, like, learning a little a little bit about it, like, I feel like it's kind of far-fetched, but then I'm also not a scientist. So, I don't know. Like, I just, I'm just wondering what you guys think about it. Anybody else want to elaborate? I've talked a bit, so. You know, I just want to note that I used a Christian homeschool curriculum. And they absolutely do not like to talk about the Big Bang Theory and the evolution theory. Wow, really? Yeah, never they don't. Did. So yes. I've, I've never actually been properly edu- educated in this, you know, field. I was, I'm just a bit like, I know... <laughs> bit of grade school like evolution theory but like other than i could that, tell you who big bang is their leader is g dragon oh my god and <laughs> they're so hot i agree with that statement i'm not actually into that and they happened a billion years ago no more than that several billion, a billion years ago. um the big bang i guess theory is basically that two very small things Somehow, or like one small thing, just, it's like, yeah. yeah, like an atom got smashed into pieces and the universe came into belt. Mm-hmm. So the thing... I know the, the, I know the whole premise, but then like, I don't know in detail. And the, the, None. there is still a lot that's missing in the theory. I think I remember being told that the, one, the biggest mystery that's right now is what smashed that atom. Like, hmm. so this, think of it like this, you know, peanut, think of it like a peanut. If you smash a peanut with a hammer, you know how it like, splits into billions of small pieces? That's basically what the Big Bang like, theory is in a nutshell. Is that we, or a nutshell, yeah, imagine a nut. We have a nut and we smash it with a hammer. It's it explodes into bajillion pieces. And each small bit of that keeps exploding and exploding into universes and planets. Now, one of the bigger mysteries of that is what like, caused that initial friction? What caused that initial explosion? And I still think that can collide with like the theory of creationism and that God just got a hammer, smashed a peanut, and came about the universe. Like we're a peanut. We're a peanut. So and I think the theory is that it happened about 13, 8, 13.8 billion years ago. I think that was the number. As the age of the universe. So in that explosion, a bunch of stars and planets came about. And as the planets became heated up from the stars, as during their uh, during their proximity, they started creating water, and the water created life. So the first beings came from the first life came from water, and certain lives life in water started to walk out of the water into the land, grew legs, and et cetera, et cetera. And that's how the world was created. About and I think right now, Big Bang is currently like the most widely accepted 
uh, theory of how the world was created. Uh, did I get anything wrong here? I don't know. None of us know, I think. But that's okay. Well, you skipped the part where prokaryotes, the plants of the water, actually caused an extinction at one point. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that part. That's uh, quite a funny story, actually. We got too much oxygen, and that's why we're oxygen-breathing mammals. Hmm. <laughs> also, there are, there's enough room, there's enough gaps in the knowledge for there to be a possibility that the Big Bang didn't actually happen at all, and that the universe, the small segment of our observable universe, it's just a small fragment of an infinitely growing universe. So there was a point in time. Well, how do I explain this? Anyway. <laughs> Imagine smashing a peanut and creating a universe. Imagine drawing a dot and on a rubber band and then stretching it really long and the dot looks like a line now. And the rubber band just keeps stretching and it never snaps and flicks yeah. your eye. Where, yeah. where, where is this conversation going? <laughs> that God likes rubber bands and peanuts. That's where it's going. <laughs> That's how God made the universe. Um, in that aspect... Do we have any other things that we could add to this conversation right now? Questions or concerns? I think I just accept the fact that, like, I don't have to fully and truly understand God, the earth, or how we came to be, or even know everything to be a Christian mm -hmm. and to follow God. That's just. Yeah, I've just accepted that. You need to have is faith. Wow. Ha ha, ha ha. Stop simping. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was simping or a dad joke. Maybe it was both. <laughs> or maybe it's the truth. Um, <laughs> so, I guess... One last thing I want to touch upon before we move on or close off, I don't know, I haven't decided, is that it, it really does seem like this is an issue that exists with a lot of Christians based on their, the authenticity or, I guess, what's the right word? The, how rightful, the rightful place of God in their hearts. Because if we start questioning creationism, it's the very thing that's first attributed to God. He's our creator. So <clears throat> could I think that's the feel that's the thing that gets threatened within the Christian church is that evolution threatens that sort of basic platform that we stand on, that we believe in our a one a one creator. But I I want to affirm and say to those people that might be listening and to you guys that I don't think that's true. I think evolution is a bigger witness to the fact that our God is a miracle creator and a life creator. No matter how you look at evolution, we as human beings are a miracle. In fact, any life on this earth is a miracle. And to say that evolution undermines God and the church I feel like is a bit misguided and we should actively seek to educate ourselves in science to, I guess, further develop the church and pro pro progress the church towards more uh, wide, I guess, wide as in more knowledge in the general world. So with that in mind, does anybody have anything else to add? I thought I had myself muted, but I guess not. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
Chandler. It was like dramatic music in the background while Chan was talking. He's a light ranger, miracle arranger, born to a virgin mom in the manger. Okay, I know what you're for your sins. All right, I'm gonna close that off, and we all say bye, Craig. <laughs> bye. bye, Craig. Bye. Bye, Craig.